Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are with a random monster from a random monster manual. This week, I have in my hands Dungeons and Dragons 5e Volo's Guide to Monsters. And I'm open to page 187. Matt, you're not going to get this name. Okay. It is a quickling. A quickling. Quicklings rocket through haunting, twisted forests where the unseelie fey holds sway, both in the fey wild and in the world. Racing faster than the eye can track, each appears as little more than a blurry wavering in the air. A quickling is a small, slender fey, similar to a miniature elf with sharp, feral features. Its cold, cruel eyes gleam like jewels. This is a tiny fey, chaotic evil. It is a challenge of one. It's a very early on. Tiny is... Gosh, what's... It's medium, small, tiny? Is that how it goes? I think, I think so, yeah. So it's it's two sizes down, which is pretty substantial. It's a, a pretty big difference there. They are they have an armor class of 16, which is all decks. Their de- their decks is a 23, so that's a plus 6. Wow. So yeah. that's the, their AC right there. They have they don't really have much else going for them because they're tiny. Their strength is a 4, which is a negative 3. Their con is a 13, which is plus 1. Int is 10, wisdom's 12, charisma is 7. But if you're doing if you're using a finesse weapon, you know, like a dagger or a rapier or something, no matter the size, it's you're still getting your dex bonus in there. Yeah, and it, I can't imagine one of these using a, a great club or something along no. those lines. What's a, what's a, a great club to a quickling, you know? It's a, a Q-tip. Uh, yeah, Q-tip or a toothpick. Yeah. They have blurred movement, which means that attack rolls against the quickling have disadvantage unless the quickling is incapacitated or restrained. So at at level one, you're attacking this thing with disadvantage and its AC is a 16. These things are going to be hard to hit. Yeah. And they also have this the standard rogue trait of evasion. So if they're subjected to an effect that allows them to make a dex saving throw to only take half damage, they take no damage on that save. Yep. And if if they fail, they they only take half damage then. Yeah, it kind of bumps up a level. Yeah. They get a multi-attack with three dagger attacks. Their dagger is a plus eight to hit. At level one, plus eight is really good. Okay. They have, oh, they could throw it if they wanted to. So it's a a five feet reach or 20 to 60 foot range. 20 to 60 feet for a tiny creature to throw 20 feet. That's crazy. How does that scale up like ant wise, you know? Yeah. That seems like, that's a, that's a long way to throw. Say, say you're, you're medium sized fighter throwing a javelin. That would be what? A hundred plus feet. I would think so. Yeah, that's like <laughs> that's crazy. You you would only see that out of like a bow or something along those lines. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, most thrown weapons are are what 60, 80 feet. 
Even for medium creatures? That's the far, the far range, I imagine. That's crazy. Yeah. And on a hit, it's a D4 plus six. Wow. So, yeah. At level one. Yeah. For these little guys, that's really impressive. So, quicklings owe their existence and their plight to the queen of air and darkness, the dread ruler of the gloaming court. Once a race of lazy and egotistical fae, the creatures that would become the quicklings were late in answering the queen's summons one too many times. To hasten their pace and teach them to mind her will, the queen shrank their stature and sped up their internal clocks. The queen's curse gave quicklings their amazing speed, but also accelerated their passage through life. No quickling lives longer than 15 years. So they're the mayflies of the fae race. Yeah, right. They they do genetic testing on the quickling because their 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 evolution is so is so so Advanced, fast. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Do <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? And I know you're going to think of a movie that we watched in our childhood that I watched the heck out of. I loved this movie. Oh, these are the brownies from Willow. No, that was my second. This is the second. That's the second thing. But but it is George Lucas. Oh. <sighs> same is era. It, exact same era. Is it one era. of the Ewok movies? Mm-hmm. Was there some kind of creature in there? That's right. The Battle of Endor. Uh, Wilfred Brimley's little like companion, the white thing with the the fuzzy yep. ears, that that could like run super fast for some reason. Oh That's, yeah, like, just what it did. <laughs> I forgot that he had that ability to just yeah run. Yep, on two legs. Oh yeah, he just he just sped along. Yeah, it was a oh, oh gosh, yeah. I wonder what his name was. I could Google it. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> it's better not to know. It's just, yeah, it's just nice. So these things, these things have all of that standard, what you would expect for someone whose life is sped up. Normal, normal human speech is sounds super slow. Raindrops fall very slow. Clouds move at like a glacial pace because everything is moving fast for these guys. It's like in the Avengers movies or the X-Men movies where Quicksilver's mm. a character and everything slows down so we can see it through their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Was that... That was the the X-Men movies, right? I believe they did it in, in Age of Ultron as well when Quicksilver was there, but Who was... it's been a long time. Oh, it was he was nobody, though. He was uh, one and... Like, he came and, and died in that... In that same yeah, movie. Poor Quicksilver. I was thinking yeah. of gosh, what's the guy's name that was in the X Men ones? He was he's an American horror story all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't remember what his name is now. But yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. And they went I'm pretty sure every single movie they they had him in, they went back to that well again and again and again. Oh, of course, yeah. Evan Peters, that's his name. Evan Peters, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Very, very good actor. I like him. I'd like to see him in more. So last, last bit about these guys. Quicklings have a capricious nature that goes well with their energy level. They think as fast as they run, and they're always up to something. A quickling spends most of its time perpetrating acts of mischief on slower creatures. One rarely passes up an opportunity to tie a person's bootlaces together, 
move the stool a creature is about to sit on, or unbuckle a saddle while no one's looking. Tricks of that sort are hardly the limit of their artful malice, however. They don't commit outright murder. But quicklings can ruin lives in plenty of other ways, stealing an important letter, swiping coins collected for the poor, planting a stolen item in someone's bag. Quicklings enjoy causing suffering that transcends mere mischief, especially when the blame for their actions falls on other creatures and creates discord. So they won't... Killing is too crass for them. There's no challenge to killing, and also that it'd probably be yeah. difficult for them to kill anyone. It's more, well, I mean, maybe not with a plus plus eight to hit and at least a, a seven every single time. If you get a bunch of them together, that's death of a thousand cuts. That's nasty, yeah. Yeah, and I would 100% give them a pack tactics effect of, of, or maybe a swarm. I guess that would make more sense, a swarm effect. Yeah, I can see that. Four, what is it, four or more in the same square and then they get advantage on attacks or something. We saw that with the Gorling. I don't remember what it was. But yeah, these these guys are nasty and they're not just they're not just something obnoxious to fight. I love the idea of of them perpetrating that mischief and it is a great a great little tool for you to use a, as the DM to to make things happen. And and if if you plan ahead well enough, you can have your players see things happen but don't see the cause of them. And then eventually when they discover the quicklings are are being a-holes, then we get that like flashback scene in a movie of like, oh my god, it yep. was a quickling who did this, and it was a quickling who did this. Yeah. It can help explain the unexplainable in the moment at least. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're for for being a level 1, this mechanic really makes them pretty cool and it makes them very powerful for a level 1. Absolutely, yeah. And especially if like you mentioned having more than one of them kind of attack at once or mm -hmm. I guess swarm on on a a character or a group. Like that it's almost a guaranteed, you know, you're going to knock your hit points in half, most likely, if you face a couple of these creatures. Yeah, if you just think, hey, let's let's try and tank them and burn them down, like, that's that's not a good idea. Yeah. You would... Are there any good AoE spells at that early level? Oh, gosh. Let me check. While I'm pulling that up, a very important detail that I've not gotten to thus far, their speed. Can you guess their speed? Let's see. Standard is what, like 60 feet? No, 30. Your standard movement is, is roughly 30, yeah. Okay. And I, they would obviously move faster than a you know random guy running, so I would go with like 120. On the nose. Perfect. On the nose. All right, there's my no prize. <laughs> the let's see, there's a cantrip of acid splash, which allows you to choose one or two creatures within range. So that's okay. that's not terrible. There's control flames and create bonfire. You could use something like that 
to your your advantage you know if you get get a little creative yep of course if you're using any of those i probably some of them have a a save right for for half damage and then that's when their evasion kicks in oh no these these are uh, at least acid splash is just a, a roll to attack oh okay yeah it's not a it's not an actual save well that's good at least Let's see what else is there. That's a it's a big old list. Sure. Here. There just are options. First level. It's just whether you have them or not. That's, yeah, that's right. the kicker, obviously. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm looking at all of the first level spells and cantrips. So depending yeah. on the character you're playing, you obviously don't have access to all of these. What you would pro what I, I think would probably potentially be more useful is is a druid who could shape earth or entangle or like a bramble patch or something to make for difficult terrain or or even to slow like to to hold them to to restrain them you know if if that's if that spell if that ability is available or you know if if you can get creative enough as the DM, I would allow it if it's not just totally game breaking for, for control water, would you allow that to freeze? That's controlling water, right? Or is that really just like shaping water? So you, can... I was going to say is, is it shaping water? Because that's, that's the thing. If it's, you can move it, but if it's control water, then yeah. Why can't you create ice or create steam? Let's see. Or would do you think that would be too powerful at that, that seems early stage of the game? Pretty powerful to me. It's a it is a control water is a fourth level though, so Oh, alright. Yeah. Let's see. You can do a handful of things, but it does not say freeze. So you can part it, redirect the flow, whirlpool. Yeah, so you're just shaping water at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Is what it's entailing okay so there i would imagine that there is a separate spell for freezing water yeah if you have like a frost bolt and you want to shoot it at the water i'd i'd go for it i'd allow it you know if you if you the more creative you can get yeah yeah if you don't want to just automatically give it to them give it uh leave it up to a percentage roll you know say anything anything up to 75 percent and and you nail it you know or or anything above 25 some something along those lines that's generally where i want something cool to happen but i don't want my players to think that i'm just giving them something i will i'll throw a percentage on there yeah don't be afraid to use that percentage die yeah i think a lot of people don't they either forget about it or they just it's in the back of the mind in the back of the dice bag like they yeah don't realize that you can use that for any number of things to heighten the the mystery or heighten the suspense of of that campaign and really give them a power over over what they're doing especially like you said if it's something that you you know as the dm it's a cool moment you want to see them do it but you gotta work for it a little bit because especially that early on you're not not even godlings at this point much less full-fledged gods and and kind of the the tricky part about about using that that 
that percentage die is you 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 get the opportunity to tell your players exactly what you exactly the cool thing that you wanted to happen whether it happens or not so you can say roll me a percentage 25 and above and the water freezes so they know that that's a possibility so they know that 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 is an option in that world so they'll start thinking out of that box and looking for more opportunities to manipulate and play without you saying hey why don't you freeze that water exactly and that's the best part is when they come to these kind of off the beaten path ways of doing things and ways of of solving a problem by themselves mm. and then you can as the dm you can just sit back and enjoy the the chaos that you've created right you give them the breadcrumbs and lead them there subtly and then and then just let them go and it's it's so satisfying to to see a player really really start to play with the boundaries and in general if it's not if it's not game breaking it's it's really satisfying to see and i will let those boundaries stretch as long as possible as long as it doesn't ruin their level ruin the story or ruin the 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 game experience for the other players for sure. And when they start doing that, then you know they're really in it. You know they're yeah. really invested in in the game because they're thinking beyond just rolling a D20 and seeing what happens. This is... Now you, Now they're playing chess. Yeah, it's not the DM telling them what they can do. It's them telling the DM what they will do. Exactly. And for a collaborative medium, that's that's the peak of where you want to be yeah it's great it's so great it's it is you're riding high at that point exactly hey fine townsfolk i've got another podcast that you might like to listen to it's not a feckless moms joint but you still might like it because you're great big nerds take a listen Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to Party Advantage, a D&D play podcast. Join the Ram Pack as they travel across the lands and kingdoms of Arius, finding adventure and shenanigans. We're going to protect you, okay? Are you scared of witches? Yeah. They're the ones that ate my weasel. Who is going to be leading the expedition? I'm Tiny. And I lost my ferret last episode, so... I'm Baby. I, I look at the giant, I'm like, what are you doing? Don't do that! I'm more afraid of her than you! I hate you. I wanted to swim out and climb it and attacking it. And you're like, meow, you're dumb and stupid and dumb. I know our healer's in the air 200 feet. Tune in every other Wednesday on your podcast platform of choice. Will these adventurers find the advantage on their next encounter? Only one way to find out. See you then. So so back to the quickling. Would you being a level one, say you're you're say you're you're running a, a fae themed campaign. So these these wouldn't be just a random like one shot experience. Do you use these mechanically or combatively? And and I, I totally understand that you could use them as both. Sure. I think I would steer them more towards mechanically. I think they offer a lot in terms of the 
the trickster aspect. I like the idea of the short lifespan. I think that would make them good. Maybe not necessarily assassins, but just if you're only living 15 years, it's like an old person that that commits a crime and doesn't care because send me <laughs> to jail. I only got a, a couple years to live. I guess so, yeah. What have I got to lose? Exactly. That, that kind of, of aspect, especially if they're... Does it say when they reach maturity within those 15 years? Oh, gosh. It doesn't, no. I can't imagine it's more than like a year tops. Yeah, so you're you're already cutting down the time just in terms of their age when they can start committing these crimes and, you know, you're, you're cutting some off the front end with them being a child and some off the back end. So you got, you know, maybe 10 to 12 years tops mm-hmm. where it's prime being a jerk age and you just harness that with some kind of big bad fae-themed villain that just has an army a constantly replaced army of these quicklings at their disposal i think that would be an interesting visual to have with just these surrounded by a blur and that's all you see because there are so many of them then then you start you can see them a little bit because they're all on a slightly different wavelength It's almost like a writhing mass, and then you have to really focus your eyes to see what the heck's going on. And then it's just like, oh my god, that's that's just hundreds of of these little quick-moving blue elf things. Exactly. Yeah, it's it can be very unnerving. They're they're fast Smurfs, (laughs) and they they are they are blue. Here, hang on. Perfect. Yeah. So if you if you ever play a Smurf campaign, these that's. that's, exactly. That's... Gargamel's the big bad, yep. and then those are just all around. Would you would you run a campaign where the players are all quicklings? Interesting. So it could. It, I I don't see it as game breaking. I just see it as as making it more interesting for the players and more of a creative challenge, a fun creative challenge, no less, not like a really annoying one for the DM. I agree, because I think, you know, yeah, the the base speed of 120 mm-hmm. could be game-breaking if you were just a regular human yeah. or an elf or a dwarf or whatever. But because the the combat is so limited for the most part with a quickling i think that that kind of help makes up for it so you know that this is going to probably be more of an rp campaign Mm -hmm. and you can kind of play on that maybe play on stealth or some kind of subterfuge where they have to get in and out real quick and do you know some kind of heist or something along those lines and having them be a part of the fake court and being on the bad list of the, the, the dark lady, like that's a really cool kind of hook for them to, to, to be a part of this world. And let's not forget they'd be tiny. So they'd be, exactly. you'd, you'd have a whole new world to play with on, on a much smaller scale. For sure. You can do a lot of things with the normal quote-unquote world Mm -hmm. and you know they'd be riding 
you know, smaller animals. And you can, you know, that opens up, you know, your steed can be a cat. Your steed yeah, can right. be, you know, something, you know, uh, a lizard, something along those lines. And just gives them other opportunities, though, if you have a base speed of 120 feet, I don't know why you would want a steed. <laughs> That's but, a good point, yeah. <laughs> but it, it opens up all those other kind of creative opportunities where you can use the, almost like looking at the movie like The American Tale. Yes. All yep. the ways they used the world around, the human world, and the ways the mice were able to to use those. Mm-hmm. The Rats of Nim there. Yep. Secrets of Nim. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, what... We we had a monster before where we talked about running that, like, smaller, smaller size campaign. And I cannot remember what it was. I'm even looking at the list now. And I can't remember anything so... Nothing stands out. So small, yeah. Or, oh no, what it what it was a monster that would be great. That's it. It was the, it was the Grimalkin as a big bad because it's shape shifting and it's intelligent. Gotcha. And we were talking in, in terms of that the mice. Yep. Red wall, like the a mouse, red wall or yeah. mouses of mouse guard. mouse guard. Yep. Yep. Something like that. This, that, I, make the, make the Grimalkin your big bad with your party of quicklings. Absolutely. Yeah. But the only thing I can think of when I think of the Grimalkin is, was it the Puss in Boots where he convinces the great big powerful guy to turn into a mouse so he can eat him? Yep. Puss in Boots, spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Someone shaking their fist at the I know I I didn't right finish yet. We had we had those old like Nickelodeon fairy tale story times on on VHS. Oh Do you yeah, remember that I remember that. Yeah. yeah, and they were the legit ones. They weren't the Disneyfied. No, version. no, they were really the the animation was gorgeous, practically like in like some of that old dirty anime style. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I wonder what those were. I would I what I would give to have all the all of the VHSs from our childhood. Quickling though, the quickling. Yeah. Would you use a quickling as a a familiar or maybe not a familiar, but a some sort of a companion, I guess? Yeah, I meaning meaning allow a PC to have one. Maybe not have one, but have a, a such a close relationship as you would see with like an animal companion. But but you as but but I as the DM would still be controlling it. To a degree, like there would be things that they would not be allowed to do. I would say just so you don't break the game, because. But you're saying the 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 player would would essentially be controlling yeah. the quickling as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That. I mean, they're an intelligent creature. I don't really... That's essentially letting them play one and a half characters. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's a little too... It it doesn't jive with familiar. It doesn't jive with animal companion. It's... And it's, and it's not... 
the the DM throwing one in as an NPC to help round out the party either. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, unless unless somehow you unless that player's character somehow has a relationship with the quicklings or something and they know this one in particular and every now and then they they run into it and ask it to do something gotcha but it would still be more more passive it's a lot like a lot of video games now you 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 collect an excess of characters that you don't put in your party so you can send them out to do tasks like exactly, collect wood yeah. or or intelligence or something like that i i could see that i'd be okay with that and that could be a pretty cool and interesting mechanic actually to introduce into the game in terms of having almost like an adventuring guild and yep. you have x number of of player x number of of npc characters that you can send out on a few different things that when they return from that that quest you get a bonus to attacks on this type of monster for the next week or charisma diplomacy rolls when dealing with this kingdom, something like that. That's a cool mechanic. I like that idea. Yeah, you're right. I think that definitely works better than just a another member of the party, even if it's a, a half a member of the party. I, I do like that idea of having the... Someone you can send on fetch quest, basically. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, there's no difference between the quickling and a a wolf animal companion when it when you boil it down. But it's just the idea of them being intelligent. being intelligent, being a sentient creature. It it technically they would have more options than just your your wolf companion. So. Yeah. Unless you you really lay out the rules and say, listen, they can only do this, this, and this. You can't have them go in and be diplomatic or something. I mean, I guess. Yeah, but you have to you have to factor in a bit more free will than you do an animal companion. So that yeah, makes sense. Kind of, kind of. But rule of cool, convince me, and 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 I'll 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 okay it. You know, as yeah, usual. Yeah. So. How many bumps of methamphetamine would you... Does that make you, like, really quick and, and, and bouncy? Isn't that what speed is? Isn't speed meth? meth? Isn't it the same thing? Or no? I, I believe so. I think... Well, Coke definitely <laughs> oh, it's Coke. does. You can tell. Okay, how many bumps of Coke? <laughs> yeah, you can tell how... How, how cool we are. <laughs> how contraband uh, familiar we are. Let's say bumps of Coke. Keys. How many keys of Coke? Pablo Escobar, we are not. <laughs> I would have to, I would say like a solid four for these guys. Okay. I do like the idea that you could do multiple things with these characters in terms of using them as a villain, using them as a, just a henchman of a villain, mm. but also you could be a, a quickling. You could, you know, you could have quickling PCs and we don't always see random monsters that that 
allow for that. Mm -hmm. So I think that gives it a little bit of an extra bump Mm -hmm. or a key, if you will. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I really like that. I like the idea of them. I don't know. I just really like the short lifespan. Who gives a crap? Let's just, let's make mischief and, and make, make life hard for everyone else in the 15 years we have that it's so interesting that you really that that really stuck for you the 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 short lifespan that you really got so much out of it because for me it was just like oh that's a cool detail but i didn't think i didn't think of how i would incorporate it that's that's the way that you're pulling it in makes so much sense of course they're going to be they're going to live fast and die young and, and they're going to be reckless there. I mean, that's, that's, that's just the way they are. Yeah. And then you would undoubtedly get one or two there that are super focused and realize that in this 15 years, I want to do this. And this is the, the mark on the world I'm going to make in this short amount of time. But for the most part, you would imagine that they're mostly just fly by the seat of our pants what do we got to lose? Something like that. They're very kamikaze-ish. Well, yeah. What's what's the... I imagine that they have a very short attention span, obviously. They're very ADHD. Sure. So so what is what is the, the, the most effective opportunity for mischief literally in eyesight right now? And then you just go from tying shoes to the stool to this to that. So you, you're just bouncing from one thing to the other. They're Loki on Coke. They're Cokey. And Coke. That, oh. <laughs> and that and that's another cool challenge for for the DM is to try and set up those opportunities for your players to unwittingly fall into that would allow your quickling character to to take advantage of. Sure. Yeah. And whether it's it's overt where they'll be able to find out like I guess, point to the quickling and say, oh, I got you. Yeah, if they see it actually happening. Exactly. Or further down the road where they can then look back and say, oh, well, this this stool broke not because of poor craftsmanship. You know, I remember someone, you know, got knocked out of the way as this thing ran off Mm -hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Or, Or they're trying to get information in a bar and they're 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 using gather information or diplomacy or insight whatever it is in in five i think it's insight and they're just about to like get that really meaty piece of information and a bar fight breaks out and it just so happens that whoever has a really good perception check sees the quickling push someone and make it seem like the the minotaur pushed the the ogre and they got into the fight so they the quickling is 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 foiling their their efforts and you got to find the quickling figure out who they're working for and why those efforts are being spoiled exactly you always have to have that extra that extra little narrative bit in there to so that they can look back and say, oh, that part was the quick. Yeah. Yeah. You could, I mean, you could essentially just use this as a chaos agent and have them not working for anyone. Totally fine. Sure. Totally fine and fun to do it that way. But I think there's so much more potential to use it as, 
as kind of the pawn, the piece, the the, the piece in in the greater machine that's working toward whatever it is that you have going for your for your world. And that's that's kind of a nice thing too, is that there's not they're not really set into they want they want to bring the demon orcus back to the material plane. Like they just they're mischief. You can put mischief anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. And you allow your players to connect those dots and that's what's going to help bring everything together be it the the random bar fight then can lead to bringing orcus back to the material plane but the the quickling is just that little stepping yeah it could lead to to orcus or it could lead to a full-on elf human war it could lead to burning down the barn farmer mcgregor's barn like it, it could it could fit anywhere it's this guy's pretty cool i think i think you were too generous with the jahi and not generous enough with the quickling it's i can never tell with you i can never tell yeah. i i always try to to pin it in my head what you're gonna say you you i'm never never get it never get it i'm an enigma that's it that is it and that is it for this week of Random Encounters. Thanks so much for listening. I look forward to reading all of your reviews and seeing all of those five stars. Appreciate it. And we'll be back next week with another random monster from a random monster man. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.